you know, hear me. Uh, thank Brother Mark for giving me the opportunity to come and preach this morning. Uh, he called me a few months ago from an unknown Hartzell number, and I had no clue who it was, so I had to quit eating at the steakhouse and go answer it. But I thank God for that, amen. Uh, I wish I could say this morning that I was going to get to preach to you a popular message or that I was going to get to come up here and give you a Joe Osteen message. And if I did, I feel like I would be a whole lot better off sometimes. Amen. But God has not called me today to come and give you just any feel-good message. But God has sent me to tell the church about a calling that they have. Amen. I feel like God has used these last couple years in the church to separate the wheat and the tares. Amen. I feel like the church has been tried through these last couple years. Amen. And a lot of Christians I've seen hit a place of absolute brokenness. Amen. Where they hit rock bottom. Amen. But i got to tell you something. When you've hit that place of absolute rock bottom, that's when God is going to use you. Amen. The title of my message today is Get Comfortable with Being uncomfortable. Amen. It's not it's not easy to follow God. Amen. And to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if y'all go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and I'm going to say um let's say verse 6 and we'll go ahead and get started. Amen. And when you see it's Paul and Silas and I call it uh the rest of his uh, missionary team, and they, they're coming through here, and they're having to follow by the Spirit of God. Amen. It says in chapter in uh, chapter sixteen, verse six. Now, when they had gone throughout Phygaria and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to uh, Mysia, they see they essayed to go into. Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Amen. So I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to talk through some of this because there's a whole lot of names in here that I'm not really sure I can pronounce. So we're going to walk through this. So they've come through here and you see that they turn here and they turn there. And every time they think, you know, they know where they're going. The Holy Ghost says, no, you're not going there. Amen. But they ended up having to go to Macedonia. Paul had a vision and God uh, showed him a man that needed help. Amen. So God says, hey, y'all are going to Macedonia. I got to tell you something. When you're serving the Lord and when you're when you're living a, um, has, as Tim Tebow calls it, a mission possible life. Amen. You don't always have a plan set out where you know you're going. Amen. But what, what you got to do is get comfortable being uncomfortable. Amen. And be able to go wherever the Lord says for you to go. Amen. It says um, they're ministering only by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I feel like God has prepped His church and is now calling the church into the mission field. Amen. So Acts, 14, Acts 16 and 14 through 15. My next set of verses. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be the faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Amen. So people are getting saved. People are getting baptized under their uh their ministry amen and what we got to see is God is opening the hearts of the people because Paul and his mission team, they're being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I got to tell you, if the church is going to reach out and go out into the highways and the byways like uh, um, Matthew 28 and 19 commands us to, amen, um, 
What we've got to do is be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But then we come down here. But this right here is when Satan steps in. Amen. When, when you've been when you've been following the Holy Ghost and when you've been going by the leading of the Spirit. Amen. That's when the spiritual attack starts. When things are going right and you're listening carefully to the voice of the Lord as the Spirit is commanding you to. That's when Satan is going to try his best to step in and cause a disruptance. Amen. And I can go ahead and tell you, I've known all week and I've known especially this morning and as I've been up here, the devil does not want this message to go out, amen. The devil does not want said what's about to be said, amen. So if you will, I'm asking you to pray for me because I, I, I do feel it this morning, amen. Anytime I go in and I know that I'm going to be preaching on a spirit, amen, you know the devil does not want that, amen. And I'm asking God in the name of Jesus to remove anything that don't need to be there and to remove any hindrance that's in the service right now in the name of Jesus, Amen. So it says, Acts 16 and 16. And it came to pass as we went into prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Amen. So I'm going to stop right here and we're going to talk about this. Where were they headed? Amen. They're headed into prayer. They're on their way to prayer. It says, on their way to prayer. And let me tell you something. That's when Satan's going to attack you. When you're on your way to prayer, when you're on, when you're getting into the, into the throne room of God, that's when Satan wants to attack you. Amen. And this is why. It's because prayer is the, is the power. Amen. The church has no power without prayer. And I feel like that's where a lot of churches have went wrong and where a lot of churches have lost their powers because we forgot how to pray. Amen. And what you see is Satan wants no part of this prayer. Amen. So he sends something in to stop it. And what he says is Paul and his mission team, they're attacked by the spirit of divination. Amen. And I don't know, God has been speak, speaking to me about this spirit for some time now, and I was instructed as I was studying this to go into detail and explain what this is, because I had a, I had a dream probably six months ago, maybe not quite six months ago, it was this school year. And God was, God told me, He said, through your ministry, you were gonna deal with the spirit of divination. And I'm thinking, cause when I think spirit of divination, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about Africa, I'm thinking about like some foreign place, and I'm like, well, I don't plan on going overseas no time soon, so I think we're good. Amen. But I began to study that, and God began to show me stuff, and I realized that the spirit of divination was taking place in my own school behind me and right in front of me. Amen. I gotta tell you something, that's why it's important to be prayed up. It says the spirit of divination is to foresee, to foretell, to predict. Divination is the effort to obtain insight into a question or situation by way of an occult ritual. To engage in divination is to reveal mysterious knowledge by supernatural practices. Amen. God said, or not God, Jeremiah, the book of, the word of the Lord said in Jeremiah 14 and 14, they prophesy unto you a fault vision and divination a thing of naught and deceit of their heart. And that's not the full verse because that's a long verse. But I mean, God said that is of nothing. Amen. That's nothing that you need to get yourself pertained to. And that falls under there with the false prophets of people that are going to come in and say this and this and this and claim from it's a spirit realm. Well, let me tell you something. Well, you might be led by the spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit. Amen. God said, if you want knowledge, knowledge comes from him and from his word. Amen. 
amen, but nowhere else. It says in James 1 and 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Amen. The, it says it's also the practicing and acknowledging of divination will deceive you and separate you from God. Amen. We can't serve two masters. Let me tell you something. Any time that you step into that and open yourself up to that spirit realm and open yourself up to these things, that separates you from God. Amen. It said this includes fortune telling, astrology, witchcraft, tarot cards, and spell casting. Amen. And I got to tell you something. Do not be naive to the wiles of the devil. I feel like God has sent me here to say this for some reason. I have no idea why. Amen. But as I'm sitting in school, after my after my dream, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I ain't going to deal with this for some time. As I'm sitting there, I hear this girl say, well, I'm thinking if I should go to my job or not. Well, she looked all across the room to the girl dressed in all black and she said, well, do you want to get a reading on it? And they're playing with tarot cards behind me and in front of me. Amen. And the thing is, is people do not know what they're opening themselves up to. I hear the girl behind me say, well, I, I'm kind of new to this. I'm still learning how to read it. Amen. That's because they've not got the spiritual wisdom to know what is happening. Amen. They don't understand the things they're dabbling in. Astrology, that whole, uh, I, I hear this one every day about the, the signs, the, the zodiac signs and stuff. That is still just as much the spirit of divination and under that than it is anything. Amen. I got to tell you something. I don't go, but based off how my day is going to be by, by some article I read in the newspaper, I don't know how my life is going to go and what my personality is based off the month that I'm born. Amen. But I know how my life is going to go because I know I'm a follower of Christ. Amen. So Paul is dealing with a disrupted, mock, mocking, loud, obnoxious hindrance. We see in verse 17, the same followed Paul and us and cried saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God which show you unto salvation. And at first I read this and I kind of thought, I was like, well, well, what's the woman did? But you got to understand, you got, you got to go deeper into this, that she's not just like, hey, you know, that they're servants of the Most High. And she's not saying this in a good way. She's saying this in a loud, obnoxious, obnoxious disrupting, mocking hindrance is what she's become. And that's why she's following them. Is she has become nothing but a hindrance, amen. The Spirit is advertising who they are. But i got to tell you something. God does not need Satan for free advertisement, amen. And then, uh, it is very apparent that Paul realized that very quickly. So the question is, is how does Paul deal with it? And Paul, so how Paul deals with it is Paul recognizes this spirit and commands it to leave in the name of Jesus immediately when he's seen the spirit that was attacking him and, and, and his, and his church, I'll say his church, when he realized the spirit that was attacking his ministry, amen, he immediately rebukes it in the name of Jesus. And I gotta tell you something, it's time that the church takes authority and it's time that the church starts praying for some discernment, amen, that it's been given and command some demons to leave. Amen. It's time that we quit letting Satan be comfortable in our own churches and in our own schools. Amen. And rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to come back to something very quickly. And it was on prayer. Amen. And I don't know this just come back to me. Is the thing about prayer that you that you notice is that's the first thing that are ba- that's banned. Amen. You can't have the prayer said over the loudspeaker at the football game, and you can't have a prayer said out loud in school anymore. And it's because that's where the power is. And it's because, especially this thing about school, I I really need to say this. 
is Satan is running rampant in our school because we took prayer out of our schools, amen. And I know that that was kind of off topic compared to where I was, amen, but I'm 100% trying my best to follow by the leading of the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm having to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So Acts 16 and 19 through... Can you not hear me? So not verse 19, and when her master saw the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them near into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate saying, these men being Jews do not exceedingly trouble our city and teach custom which are not lawful for us to see, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded them to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they were cast into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Amen. So the world, the first thing you realize is is her owners did not care about the girl. Amen. The, The world does not care about the girl. What they cared about is what she could bring them. Amen. That's the first thing you got to understand when you're working for Satan and when you're working for the world is the world does not care about you. Amen. The world, the Satan does not care about you. All he cares about is that you're not an asset to the kingdom of God. Amen. So then my, the word that God gave me is the work that Paul can, that, that Paul did came with some repercussions, amen. Taking authority comes with a price. And I believe a lot of times that's why Christians and as a church don't want to step out and take the authority that we've been given because where much is given, much is required, amen. So taking authority comes with a, with a price. But the word God gave me that started this message is homeostasis. And anybody that had ninth grade biology with Miss Terry knows that that's her favorite word in the world. Satan does not like whenever you expose him and you interrupt his homeostasis. Homeostasis is the Greek word for same and steady refers to any process that living things use to actively maintain fairly stable conditions necessary for survival. Sometimes as a Christian, you've got to interrupt Satan's homeostasis. Amen. Satan has become comfortable and steady sitting in churches, sitting in the school. Amen. Sitting in our government. Amen. And we just sit there and let him be comfortable in our homeostasis. And this is where being uncomfortable comes into place. As I normally, I'll just tell you the truth. I'm a quiet person in school. I'm a quiet person for the most part. And I know you don't believe that with me preaching. Amen. But sometimes you've got to cause a stir. Sometimes you've got to say what nobody wants to hear. Amen. We're a church living in the last days. Amen. You're on a time crunch and you've got a mission that's got to be done. Amen. It's time that you take the authority that God has given you, amen, and step out and cause a stir and interrupt Satan's homeostasis. So Acts 16 and 25 says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, amen. And this is where the title of my message comes in. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. As a church living in the last days, where Satan is running rampant, where wickedness and uncleanliness is pushed in our face and called normal, amen. Well, it, it, it's normal to be, to be, um, 
Can't even think to be gay, to be lesbian. It's normal to dabble in witchcraft. It's normal that people do this. It's normal to be an atheist. Amen. And that's the word that is pushed in our face as a church living in the last day, where the church living in the last days, where the church is backed into a corner. Amen. But it's also where a time, and I got this from uh, reading parts of Tim Tebow's book, "Living a Mission Possible Life." Amen. The church has been called to a mission. Amen. The church has been called for a reason and living in the last days. But I got to tell you something. It's we're on that time crunch. Amen. You never know. It says that we'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Amen. And I believe that's what we're hearing right now. But I got a question. If God come home right now, would you know that you did everything in your power to live that mission possible life? Would you know that you followed Matthew 28 and 19 and went into the highways and the byways. Amen. And preached to everybody. And when you when you think about Matthew 28 and 19, you, th- you think about going across seas and you think about being a missionary, amen. But when you realize that the percentages of Christians versus non-Christians in schools is way more lopsided than you would have ever thought, amen. And it's not kids that have been to church and know the Word and just went astray. It's people that's never stepped in a, in a church. It's people that say, well, I believe in a higher power, but I don't know I believe in Jesus Christ, amen. I don't know about that. But let me tell you something. Is, is that's why people are looking for wisdom and things as fortune telling and this kind of stuff and that's why people keep looking to fill a hole in their life and that's why you see that you had fourth graders on the playground the other day selling uh, e-cigarettes is because there's a hole in people's life that they are trying their best to fill amen and without presenting the gospel there's no way for them to find out it says up here uh, I knew I'd wrote this down for a reason 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, And whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. There is a blindness that is across the people. The, that is a cross, non-Christians, amen. There's a blindness across the world that they, they can't see what's going on. They don't know what they're looking for is found right there in the Word of God, amen. But what it takes is presenting that Word of God, amen, and presenting the Gospel to them for them to realize that that hole they're filling, that void that they're trying to replace in their life is from not having Jesus in their life, amen. Because it, it don't matter what you try to fill it with, there will always be a God-sized hole in your heart until you fill it with that. Amen. And I believe that God is telling the church it's time to quit sitting in the pews. It's time to quit the Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night routine. Amen. And it's time to get in the get in the mindset that, hey, we're having church every day. I don't care if you like me in school. I don't care if you like me when I drive down the road and talk to you. Amen. But I will tell you this as I'm doing my best to present the gospel in every way that I know how to. And that might not always be bringing a scripture. Amen. That might I just be talking in general and living a, a life presentable to God. Amen. And that's what we got to get to as a church is to know that my job is not here. Amen. Let me, let me explain to you what church is. Church is a re- rejuvenation station. Amen. They talk about these Tesla cyber cars. I believe we're kind of like these cars. Every once in a while, we got to come in and we got to get plugged up to the source. Amen. How many people know who the source is? We got to come in and get plugged up to the source so we can go back out and we can go and minister to people. Because I'll just tell you, ministering to people is a draining experience. Amen. Going in when you're the only when you're the only Christian around, that is a draining experience. Amen. And that's why we come back to church. See, this ain't our job. 
being out there ministering to people is the job of the church, amen. And we've got to become comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's not always a comfortable experience going to minister to people. I can promise you that. See, when I say being comfortable, being, uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, I know I've said it a lot, but it's drove in my head, so I'm going to try to drive it in y'all's too. It says, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So what you see is they're sitting in shackles, they're sitting in chains, they're backed up into a prison, that from what I hear, they still ain't got their clothes put back on them, and they, they've been beat, okay? I, I don't see that as a very comfortable experience. But the thing is, is we have to be able to stand strong in our faith and not waver and praise God through it all, amen? When your back's in a corner, when you don't know what else to do, when you've been persecuted, that's when you've got to say, stay strong and still sing praises to God. Amen. We have to know that even if God does not take us out of the prison, he's still standing in the fire with us. Amen. And this was brought to my attention the other day via Facebook is that when Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego got put in the fire, God did not quench the fire and God did not take them out of the fire. But God stepped in the fire with them. Amen. Let me tell you something. God is not always going to pull us out of the prison. God is not always going to pull us out of the fire. But what I can promise you is that God is standing in the fire with you. And as soon as you get that in your head and you realize that no matter what happens, God is standing in the fire with you, you will be able to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Amen. It says in Acts 16 and 26, and y'all can start playing some music. <laughs> and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's hands were loosened. Amen. So you see, they sang and prayed at midnight and the prisoners heard them. Let me tell you, that that's known right there is that before the before the earthquake before before everybody was loosened the last thing they hear is Paul and Silas praying amen the church has got to get comfortable being uncomfortable so you can praise the, him in our storms. That's when we will see a great earthquake. Amen. As soon as the church says, you know what? No matter, no matter what earthly hell you put me through, I'm staying strong in the word of God. I'm going to continue to pray and seek the face of God. When the church can praise God, no matter what, that's when you're going to see moves of God. That's when you will see that spiritual great awakening in the church. Amen. And it's coming to a point with the I, I went to a, um, a, a youth a youth event for the past uh, few weeks on Wednesday nights, and they've been talking about the wheats and the tares. It's not been a part of the dude's message, but he keeps coming back to it. The wheats and the tares, Amen. We're coming to a place in time where God is separating the church, Amen. He's separating the people that say, you know what? It don't matter what you do to me. I'm not falling from the faith. It don't matter what you do. I'm getting back up and I'm following Christ. Amen. I got to tell you something. When you make that decision, when you say, you know what? You, you can do whatever, but I'm staying strong in the word of God. Amen. That's when God is going to start to move. Amen. The way I felt with this altar call and what I feel like God is saying, you can get that music, please. Is today, if you feel like God has called you to be in this part of this mission possible life, amen. If you feel like God is giving you, telling you, hey, it's time that you step up. It's time that you step out with this boldness, amen. But you say, brother, I, I, 
I don't preach. I, I'm a quiet person, and I don't really feel like talking to people. Amen. If that's you, I'd like you to come up here this morning. Amen. If you're sitting there and you you need that boldness in your life to be able to go out and talk to people. Amen. And li- and live the life that God has called you to live. Amen. I'd like for you to come up here this morning. If you're sitting there and you're looking at the trials ahead of you, amen, and you don't know what to do with them. If you're looking and saying, I want to make sure I'm a part of the weed and I'm not about to be a weed that's about to get weeded out, amen, I'd like you to come up here today because we're hitting a time in the church where there's not going to be no more of this play church, amen. There's not going to be no more of this, well, well, I'm a Christian, amen, and only living on Sunday, amen. You're about to get to a point where you either know that you know that you know that you're saved by God, amen, and saved by grace, and that you know that you're 100% following God or you're out. And I'm not telling you that you're going to want to be out. I'm telling you right now that the Lord is speaking to me that you're either going to know that you know or you ain't going to be able to stand through it. 